So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored as always by Axis Communications and thanks to our supporting partners 3X Logic, Mighty and Aura, of course. Now, my guest this week is Jonathan Morgan. Now, Jonathan is the head of Shrinkage for Tesco UK. Leads a team that deliver accurate stock taking across the estate, shrinkage data, analytics and operations, communication capabilities and engagement, central CCTV monitoring, all shrinkage and security, project and program transformation. Wow, that's quite the remit. And that's just what he does on a Monday. You should see what he gets up to the rest of the week. Now, 10 years he has worked for Tesco. Prior to his current role, he was uh, an area manager running the Central Manchester Group. And prior to Tesco, a little dig around on LinkedIn showed me that uh, he was at the co-op way back when also. Uh, but uh, dating myself when I was there, that was long, long before uh, Jonathan joined. So, Jonathan, welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me today. Um, always a pleasure. Now, look, um, great, great um, retailing background really good cv some fantastic roles and we'll come on to that in a minute but young jonathan at school staring out of the window what did you actually want to do what 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 was what was the what was the dream back there well, or was was chesant and tesco headquarters always the calling no not necessarily and um, when i think back i mean as as many of us very little idea about what i wanted to do as i grew up and future career I actually when I did my A-levels I did economics and I absolutely loved that subject really enjoyed the subject matter and um, I'm quite quickly decided I want to be in investment banking I'd heard about these fantastic wages and fantastic things that could be done in the city and thought oh I'm up for that I'll have a bit of that so I actually went to York University to study economics uh, and that was absolutely my plan. I wanted to go into investment banking in the future. Um, but actually what happened was, while I was at university, working for the co-op, started as a, as a colleague, um, you know, replenishment, serving customers, part-time, part-time vacancy. Actually realised that I loved the fast-paced environment, loved dealing with customers, and loved trying to um, change things on a, on a level within a store. You could quite quickly... Uh, touch and feel and make a difference on and, and through my degree realized I liked less the theoretics uh, behind economics and investment banking and um, so actually chose to change my career aspects uh, and, and purely focus on retail which sort of led me to this and I was before I'd even graduated from my degree I was a deputy manager for the co-op because I was clear that I wanted a career in retail so that's what led me down the retail path. Wow. So it was it was uh, studying at York and did I understand that right? And a deputy store manager for the co-op yes, as well. Yes, it was. Yeah. Obviously a glutton for punishment, I think, back then. Yeah, there you go. And uh, trying to fit in all of that uh, student lifestyle as well. It must have been. Uh, yeah, there was, there was obviously a little bit partying involved as well. <laughs> so, look, so you're, you're at that you've started off, you're in the co-op, you've uh, sort of realised that uh, it's a career that appeals. I mean, you've done a, a, a raft of roles. First off, how did you make the jump? Was it co-op across to an opportunity at, at Tesco? Was that the route? And yeah, then it was. Yeah, I mean, when I, yeah, when I left university to purely focus on, on my career and working, I was a deputy manager in a couple of different stores. And it was a time within the co-op that they weren't aggressively growing or opening a lot of new stores. And you're waiting for a store manager role behind a lot of other people who are also waiting for a store manager role uh, and there's a lot of 
as we would call them in Tesco, lifers in the co-op as well, you know, really enjoy working for that business. So there wasn't a huge amount of movement. So I just took the opportunity and I purely just sent my CV off to lots of different retailers. I always knew Tesco was the one I wanted to work at, though, being the biggest, uh, looking at what they'd done and looking at their sort of uh, period of growth and where they were coming through. Uh, and luckily, my CV landed um, on a cluster uh, resource manager who was in charge of, charge of recruitment um, and got taken on by Tesco. And I came into Tesco as ex- external grocery manager straight into Tesco. Wow. Okay. So so you even arrived with sort of responsibility from, from day one within Tesco. Yeah. And so you, you've done a variety of roles. So to talk to me about that path of, as you sort of gone through uh, and then we'll come on to the, you know, where you are now. But yeah, absolutely. So, um, grocery manager in our large format um, stores, so in superstores back then, and I did several different line manager roles. So, in other businesses, we might call them section managers, um, looking after different departments. I then took the opportunity because I'd worked in convenience previously to then become an express store manager. So, my first store manager position, um, I think I was. 23 or something taking the keys to my store which I, I'd worked really hard to get to I did that for a period of time I then came out to do a group role uh, and remote working which was a role called the group change coach which isn't a role that exists anymore but it was a role predominantly focused on improving what we would now call a shopping trip so improving the customer service uh, and delivering the shopping trip out in stores across a group of or, or, or an area uh, which at the time was Leeds, Huddersfield and Wakefield, that sort of Yorkshire area, improving service, which I really, really enjoyed that role. Um, there was then some changes within our large format stores, uh, and I took the opportunity to go into our extra format as a lead grocery manager um, in Leeds. And then I did a role called the lead.com manager, which was uh, managing uh, quite a large fulfillment operation um, in one of our lead stores. I then got the opportunity to be a large format store manager. So first of all, running a superstar, again in Leeds, stayed in Leeds for quite a while. Um, And then I moved to one of our extra stores in Chesterfield. Uh, So I had the opportunity to run both superstars and extras. Uh, And then at that point, took my opportunity to go back across to our convenience format, where I was an area manager. Okay. And my first role was Doncaster, Barnsley, Hull, up to Leeds and out to Grimsby and Cleethorpe. So uh, quite a large geographical area. Um, some real, really great stores out there serving our communities really well um, over there. Uh, did that for a period of time. And then I got the opportunity to run Central Manchester, which was a completely different um, shopping mission, a lot more on the move, uh, fast-paced, busy busy environments, and some fantastic shops within uh, Central Manchester. And that's at about a stores uh, in neighbourhood locations as well in Manchester in Express. Um, so that was the sort of last last role I did out within being an area manager. And then, so so two. Firstly, you know, was it four years at the co-op with sort of um, you know waiting for somebody to move on? Ten years at Tesco it sounds like you know a dozen roles in that time. So certainly fast-paced promotion. So how did you make the jump? So for those that don't know, the if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the extra format is a superstore on steroids. So it's the superstore that has everything almost sort of full skew range if you like or or close to massive massive stores often very long trading hours lots of different uh, departments 
And then, you know, area manager, terrific grounding across retail. And then, you know, was it, okay, I, I feel the need, uh, was head office calling? You know, where, where does that move across to sort of, you know, shrink, CC, you know, was it a role that you identified? Did somebody come to you and say, actually, um, you know, you, you've, you've got the traits that we think will, would be perfect, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a jump across to this specialism where you are now. Yeah, 100%. It, it was a bit of a balance of a few different things. So I think, one, I'd been very lucky within Tesco to be blessed with lots of different opportunities and then to build on a legacy of results and get promoted on the back of that. But 100%, one of our core people, priorities of the business is about an opportunity to get on and you'll hear the phrase, and you might have heard it in the past, this sort of trolley, trolley colleague to boardroom. And Tesco is grounded in giving people opportunities and development breadths and moves and is a really core value of the business, which I was very appreciative to be part of that and to get the opportunity. But I would all, I'd always done retail, you know, managing big teams, but leading a customer shopping trip group of stores or big stores and departments within that. And I was really wanted to get breadth within the business. So Tesco is a, you know, I'm sure listeners are aware, but Tesco is a huge business with lots, lots of different aspects. Our core is food retail, but lots of different things that go into that uh, and huge breadth and reach across the UK uh, and, and other areas in Europe, et cetera. And I wanted to get breadth in the business. So that was sort of first point. Second point was supported again through development and, and sort of leadership teams giving me the opportunity to come to the office, which sort of ticked that box. And then thirdly, because of my experience within Manchester City Centre, and those that know Manchester, uh, a great city and a really fantastic environment to be in, but high risk. So high security incident risk, lots of incidents, vulnerable stores for our colleagues and customers huge shrink risk within them stores because of the complexity of that city uh, of you know millions of people living it shopping in it moving about you know all walks of life within that city and as we know in the cities do uh, have you know the highs of positives and also the lows of negatives in terms of risk and challenge and it was a a great opportunity to move from a role where i could implement and change things in a group to be able to then move into the office and work with some fantastic teams and drive change right across the estate and to the far reaches of UK because I, I purely uh, support the UK uh, and channels. So it was a sort of balance of them three things that brought me into head office here in uh, Wellingham City. And, and yeah, interesting that, you know, I mean, there can't be many people with your breadth of knowledge. I mean, you know, in, in terms of a scenario or a situation in your current role, you probably say, "Yep, been there, done that, seen it." So you know, it, it's got to, it's got to be, got to be positive from that point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, I would completely say there's a, there's a, there's some fantastic people in Tesco, and because of our breadth and scale, there's a lot of people that have had great opportunities to move about, and that's, I think, why we then benefit centrally because understanding what a customer needs and wants, and listening to our customers understanding what's important for a colleague and how to how to simplify things and make it better for a colleague but also to protect them and make himself and then ultimately improve our PL and improve the profitability and our growth of the business having that breadth right across all them different channels is excellent and it, it you know there's a lot of 
fantastic colleagues I work in the office that also have got similar experience, but I've been very lucky with the opportunities yeah. So look, you know, this, the, the role where you are now. So talk to me about the day-to-day. So what takes up the bulk of your time? So Yeah, I mean, it's probably worth talking What's there? Yeah. It's probably worth talking about my bit of journey in the office because I've done two years now, but I've done different things over that time that have accumulated to this role. So when I came in, I did something called the Shrink and Security Transformation Manager role, which was purely about projects and program work for channels. So large stores, convenience stores, distribution and fulfillment to support really two outcomes that we're trying to achieve. One is to reduce shrinkage and to improve the operating profit of the business through that. And two, to improve um, colleague safety from a security incident point of view. So that project and programme work was driving them to outcomes. So I came in to do that role. And over the time, uh, my role has grown and I've gained other teams to now do this role that is the head of shrinkage. Um, so day to day, as you described at the beginning, I lead basically five teams that all do different things and my day-to-day is absolutely about leading them teams and partnering with some other great people around the business but for instance Emma my colleague who leads head of security and her team we work really closely security because we see how linked they are but the single line of accountability is with us both and it's really about driving them to outcomes improving shrinkage uh, and improving safety of our colleagues and I see my role very much as one, driving the strategy and leading the strategy with the teams. Um, two, stakeholder management. So, to, you know, with any big company, what we know is there comes governance and structure for 100% the right reasons. My role is very much about opening doors, a, making sure the right people are engaged at the right level so that my team can then deliver what they need to deliver uh, within there. So I spend a lot of my time engaging with uh, senior stakeholders um, spending my time in governance, um, working with external suppliers, and the, the driving um, engagement and opening doors for the team to deliver what they need to, to deliver. Yeah, I mean, just uh, an amazing set of um, you know departments, if you like, that report in. But can you give us a you know those listening and watching a sort of a flavour, perhaps, of the specific challenges or projects you're working on at the minute? It could be from a people or process or technology perspective. What what's the I don't know. Give me one, two, or three of the of the top priorities at the minute. As much. Well, as I don't you know can. if I can give you one, two, or three because there's that many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, look. I think when I think about the overall program of work and my overall team, what I've tried to deliver is a sort of a four piece framework. So one, first of all, making sure we've got accurate counts and book stocks right across the business. That means we can the the data we have is is driven from integrity. So that. Bookstock Accuracy team and my stock tech team do a fantastic job right across the estate to give us accurate bookstocks and changing that process that um, is not always seen as the most glamorous subject is something the team is working incredibly hard on and transforming now. The next stage is then um, data and insight. So updating reporting, giving better insight and analysis to our store managers, our store teams and our leadership teams to then make the right decisions on the back of that and also simplifying that. So where we have a process um, that has opportunity to fail, how do we automate, how do we simplify uh, and improve that process around shrinkage operations? 
And the next, with my central monitoring team, the hub, um, which some of you have probably heard about, I've talked on, on different calls before, the hub is really a fantastic tool that we have that, that does a balance between retrospective monitoring and live monitoring across the state. And that's really about providing the right data and insights for stores to again, drive action on the back of that. And then that leads into my um, change programs of work. So if we talk about the transformation team at the moment, we've focused heavily over the last couple of years on real physical deployment. So if you go into a Tesco store now, uh, you're likely to see front of store entrance gates as you come in to try and uh, stop and reduce push-outs and walk-offs. You'll see a better version of checkout gates. In the past, they were they were uh, not the most secure. We've got upgraded checkout gates that we're rolling out right across our, our larger state. We've got better product protection solutions than we've ever had, and the team has worked really hard uh, to improve product protection. We've got things like public display monitors to highlight awareness um, of our shrinking security protocols uh, and operations. So these last couple of years have been very much around physical deployment, and we'll continue to do that. We've got some exciting things coming. Uh, for instance, anti-push-out solution that we're working with a supplier on the moment, and we'll, we'll, we're looking to roll that out to a lot of stores over the next year. Um, and as we move forward, we are really working hard with our technology counterparts. We have a fantastic technology team here in Tesco um, across uh, product and technical program and all the teams behind that infrastructure engineering, fantastic teams that work, we work really hard on. I really see the future of shrink and security transformation and our future of shrinkage performance over the next uh, two to three years being predominantly focused on technology. And things that we're looking at at the moment is things like um, computer vision and the use of AI through our cameras. How do we utilize all the data that we have um, as a business through things like instant reporting to drive actionable results? How do we improve CCTV usage coverage and our performance of our central monitoring hub? It's very much um, moved on from a, physical, a purely physical change program to a highly technology-dependent change program. And then when I think about my final team, which is um, Ash and Kitchen Security Comms and Governance, and again, partnering with our security teams, that's all around um, people, engagement, capability. In fact, I've, I've just been um, on some calls stop, talking to hundreds of store managers this afternoon, engaging on some work that we're doing and trying to move things forward. That's very much around how do we get colleagues on the shop floor really engaged, capable, and aware of our challenges and opportunities. And I see right across the team where we have that holistic approach where we're giving stores and channels kit and new equipment. We're driving change and insight and report and centrally and then we're engaging the store team. Now, that all sounds perfect, and there's obviously loads of opportunity all the time, but that's um, what my team tries to deliver. Again, partnering with our security teams who then um, do a great work of continuing to drive things like a safer Tesco message, which is all around uh, how do we make sure that Tesco is a safe place to work and shop, and we improve um, our performance and security incidences and we reduce preventable incidents. So it's a there's a you know portfolio of work right across all these teams that are driving to try and do great change with Tesco. It's interesting the the, the dynamism, dynamism that you talk about there. I mean, a few, if you don't mind me saying, a few years ago, Tesco were all about this innovation and they were driving change and they were at the forefront. And then 
from my perspective, I would say they plateaued and that probably coincided with a plateau of the business as a whole. But Tesco's rocking it again and moving forward and innovating. And to hear all of that stuff going on, you can understand you know, why inside of the machine, what's going on, what's happening. And that's driving the, the bigger juggernaut forward. So, yeah, very exciting time to be there. Now, look, I want to um, come on in just a moment to try and understand, if I can, how you influence and get all of these projects to succeed. But uh, as always, we're just going to take a quick 30 second break and hear from our sponsors and then we'll be back. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime, 3X Logic. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. I am, of course, still talking to Jonathan Morgan, head of Shrinkage for Tesco UK. Now, just before that short break there, you were running through the most amazing list of projects and activity. But I've got to ask you, I was, I was sat here listening to that and, and to get any degree of success in that number of projects, you clearly have to have um, some kind of magic or, or voodoo power to influence the board, teams. You know, what, what do you think? I mean, one of the main things people often come to retail risk events about or the conversation, all the various things we do in the real world is, you know, how do I get my project to get traction? How do I get my message heard? How do I get budget for, you know, AI technology? So, you know, you're in the middle of all that mix. You're running all of these projects. You will hit bumps in the road at various points. Other than being a thoroughly nice guy, which only goes so far, what, what do you think you bring to the party? How, how do you set about getting that influence and ultimately getting what you want? I think I'd probably put it down to three things, uh, and and that's how we got to this place of real success and really driving the business forward. I think one is data, so the right data, dependable data that we can believe in, and that comes from them. A couple of things I've talked about before. So the so the stock tech team doing a fantastic job of accuracy, ensuring that we can one hundred percent rely on their results, and that's that's long standing within the business. That team has done a great job, and they just continue to move it forward. But then the reporting and the fantastic job that my reporting team do on the back of it to make sure that whenever I'm going into a conversation with stakeholders or engaging a team, I can 100% stand over the results of any pilot or program of work or trajectory of the business. And that's only improved and improved over in time. So number one, accurate data dependable data that backs up any decision and, uh, and sort of recommendation for the business. That's one thing. I think two, then, legacy of results. So, you know, two years in, I'd, uh, when I first joined this team, there was, um, you know, some great things happening, but on a smaller scale. And over time, we've been able to accelerate, 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 and build on fantastic results and fantastic output of the team. And once you've built that legacy up, the, the leadership team of any business, but, you know, from my reflections within Tesco, start to truly believe in what you're doing and get bought into what you're doing because I'm a big believer in you, you you know, under-promise and over-deliver, but you do what you say you're going to do. If you if you say you're going to do something, if you say you're going to try to improve something, you do it and you work hard and you drive with pace uh, and you do it in the right way. And there's a balance there between what and the how. So it's about great output from a what point of view 
but you do it in the right way. You work with suppliers in the right way. You treat people with respect. We live our values in Tesco. So legacy result. And then I think the third thing that has really driven the program forward, and again, calling out all the great work that the security team have done, is that drive to deliver a safer Tesco. So the moment I uh, and my colleagues and my team go in front of our, our senior leadership team and our stakeholders, and we talk about uh, the need to improve our business to make it safer for that one colleague or that one customer, their ears prick up and they're bought in. And I think that's testament to how the business has changed over the last three years and how we focus on a safer Tesco and colleague and customer safety. And I think you've probably seen that through some of the external um, notices and messages that we drive as, as a business. But the link between shrink and security, because you're talking so much about colleague safety, if we can uh, stop someone stealing from our storage, you're potentially stopping an incident as well that can harm someone. The business is bought in. And I think, again, that is through a legacy of results. So I think them three things. And I think trying to be a nice person obviously yeah. also works. And, and, and you know, building um, good relationships and, you know, fantastic response. Luckily, I've got um, a great leadership team. My director's fantastic. My director's, director's boss is fantastic. And they 100% stand behind the programs of work and what we try and deliver. And when you have the support from senior leadership you know, going into governance and engagement sessions with other leadership teams that are ultimately making a choice about where we spend money and what we invest our time and resources in. When you've got that buy-in and we prove output and change, um, you're on to a winner. So I'm guessing um, Jonathan's like, you know, number one quality for being a modern head of shrink is to have the numbers to hand, is to know the data. Uh, and then whenever you're presenting anything, you know, it, it's, I guess, it's, you know, you, you take the, the variables out of it if i'm hearing what you're saying it's it is what it is and therefore if you present a way forward based on the reality and deliver on it you continue to progress yeah and i think getting people bought into what you're trying to do um and we've always got opportunities to um move on our strategy and continue to get people bought into the vision but i think we've done a great job um over the period of time the team continue to drive that of getting the leadership team bought into what we're trying to do, you know, be the most secure retailer, be the safest retailer, and ultimately be, a, you know, a fantastic, performing, uh, profitable business. Um, but having people bought into the vision of what we're trying to do and the strategy underneath that um, really helps them conversations. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just, you know, going back you know, 35 years ago when I started in, in, in you know, grocery retail, there was no... The, the nearest you got to data was somebody's gut feeling for how much stock you might need or whether you thought that would be a good piece of technology. You know, there wasn't even, a, you yeah. know, you'd walk around the store with a handheld terminal and think, oh, I wonder what happened last bank holiday or last Christmas. And that was fine if that, you know, buyer or store manager was there. But as people moved around, there was absolute carnage. I mean, I remember it was standard operating procedure that half of the store and area managers had boots full of stock on the run up to Christmas, frantically trying to move it around to the right location because invariably it was all in the wrong place. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think the other the, the other couple of things that we're really looking at with Tesco is one, the, the technology teams that I've mentioned, but being able to go with our technology partners and teams and go, this is a real problem. This is the problem we're trying to solve. And for them to work, really work hard from a product and agile point of view, I then work with the teams to, to drive change and help with that problem. 
And the other bit, we have some fantastic supplier partners and I couldn't dare to try and call them out on this call, but there's loads of fantastic suppliers that we work with and have worked with for a while where we, we share with our problems and challenges. And because of our scale of business, we then luckily have the opportunity to invest and work with suppliers to drive change and to really tackle our problems. Yeah, and, and I, I won't call them out either, but I, I know a few of them and they speak very highly of working with Tesco at the minute. You know, the, dare I say, the reputation of a few years ago has uh, gone and it's now, you know, it's a, it's a sought after retailer to work with. It's no longer uh, all about being beaten up, but uh, there's some there's some genuinely good stuff and good innovation going on for sure. Yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, we've, we've absolutely recognised that a few years ago we had opportunities right across, uh, you know, commercially and all the different partners that we work with to improve our relationship. And we focus really heavily now on building great supplier relationships, getting feedback, working with them. So it's good to hear that you get that feedback. Oh, the, the assumption that whenever you went into a meeting at Tesco to discuss the contract and the price, it was always in a, a meeting room that had no windows. It was always in the, you know, all, <laughs> you know they, they were all doing the rounds. And, you know, I'm pleased to say for your benefit and probably the suppliers as well, that's gone. Now, look, Jonathan, um, I, I don't know whether there is this for you, but often people have, what I would say was their one piece of go-to magic. So, you know, if you were to, you know, goodness forbid, turn up at another retailer and do the same job, what's the first thing that you would want to put together? Is there a piece of technology? Is there, do you go to the data first? Do you go, do you need, a, you know, five top heads? Do you need mm. a, an espresso machine with super strong coffee? What's your, what's your go-to? Go to I think I think two your job. I think two things I would say. So I'll struggle to say one. One, the data, which I think I've got out a couple of times, but understanding the problem. It's easy to go with gut, isn't it? But understand what the data tells us and then moving action on the back of that. And I think the other thing is speaking to the teams, understanding on the ground what the challenges they face and trying to engage them. We know the biggest difference to shrinkage is actually the fact that our colleagues in store greet a customer. They give great service. They recognize repeat offenders and go, would you like a basket, madam or sir or whoever? So I think the engagement of all our wider teams, which is the biggest challenge, right? There's you know hundreds of thousands of people are working on the business. To engage everyone at that level is very difficult. It's quite simple to go and put a piece of a physical kit into a shop. Yeah. To engage... 300,000 colleagues on our opportunities and how to achieve them when they've got loads of other things to be working on. Our teams work incredibly hard to drive brilliant shopping trips for our customers. And I want them to think about one specific area. But I think those are the two things. What does the data tell you? And what's then the action on the back of that? What do we need to do? And two, really understanding problems from the team and engaging the people out there that are actually doing the job. Goodness me, shock horror, breaking news. They're actually basing decisions on uh, on data and facts. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> now, 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 look, final, final question. Um, you know, retail the world over has been through uh, a number of challenges of late. You're within Tesco, a huge uh, international business. How do you see the future of retail in terms of stores, in terms of new channels to market? Where does your role fit in what well, just give me your perspective because because you you know you've got a really store-based interesting background you're on the shrink side at the minute what's your take on 
on retail generally right now? Look, I think obviously over recent years, we've seen a change to what we would have projected. So COVID, as we know, changed shopping habits completely. And you almost saw a regression of the way customers shop. Um, my view is, and one of the things we really want to be as a business, is the driver will be convenience. Now, I don't mean by that purely just convenience stores online, but it's every way a customer wants to interact with Tesco, with retail, needs to be convenient. And we want to be, as a business, easily the most convenient retailer. So I definitely think the future of retail is about convenience, be that um, quick deliveries online, express stores. Actually, if I go to an extra format, I can go and get my hair cut. I can go and do shopping at other shops all apart in one place. Driving convenience. And then I think value will then be at the forefront. So Tesco's done some great work, things like Aldi Price, Match Club Card prices. But driving value and convenience, I think, is where, we, where retailers need to go. And that will be the future. There will always be a place for a large store. There'll always be a place for an express or convenience store. And online is part of that. And there'll be other avenues that we're seeing come to the forefront now. You know, um, check out free shopping, et cetera, things like that. And I think um, there'll always be a place for then shrink within that, unfortunately. <laughs> and we know that loss and shrink is driven by volume and sales. Um, and, you know, there'll always be a place. I'm hoping that um, some of our security work and um, our safer Tesco journey will get to a point where we don't need to do that because we are the most safest retailer. Uh, and, you know, we've we've really tackled incidents. But unfortunately, our climate at the moment, we know that's a big challenge for all our retailers now. But, yeah, I'm, I think I'll still be, um, you know, here driving the shrink and security. I mean, the one thing is, you know, in a challenging market like now, then, you know, customer actions can potentially change. And so the work you're doing needs extra resource, extra effort. But in a buoyant market as well, you know, sales are increasing, you know, uh, and then at that point, that shrink figure becomes an even bigger percentage of the sales. So there's always uh, opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, unfortunately, People like yourself and uh, and you know doing this great work at other retailers are always going to be kept very very busy, but getting on the front foot with technology, people and the processes, I think, is absolutely the way forward. You know, don't become the no department. And I and I and I know from talking to your colleagues and from talking to you today, uh, you guys are not the no department within Tesco, but still, there's too many shrink risk and LP departments that are just known as the no people. Yeah, and look, ultimately, and I think, again, because I'm, I'm based, you know, grounded in retail, we want to drive a profitable business that's great for our customers and simple and easy for our colleagues. And you've got to look at things holistically, and we always make choices based on that. There'll always be primary outcomes, driving business cases and driving change. But I think what we have definitely as a central team within Tesco now is fantastic collaboration. Uh, and actually, we work really hard together to drive the right thing for them than factors I've just mentioned. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, Jonathan, thank you so much for uh, finding the time to be a guest this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, some brilliant, brilliant insight into what's going on. Um, I wish you every success as you continue to roll uh, all of those projects out across the business. But for now, Jonathan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Great to catch up. Mm -hmm.